This is Enter VR, the podcast on all things virtual reality. I'm Chris Miranda, your host, and today I am speaking with Josh Josh Farkas. Is that how you pronounce it, Josh? Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. And Josh is the uh, founder of Cubicle Ninjas. Cubicle Ninjas is all over the board, uh, g- designing web applica- web application applications. What's wrong with my speech today? Mobile and virtual reality apps, uh, including guided meditation. Uh, I, I've tried guided meditation. And it is gorgeous, and it is awesome, and I can't wait to talk more with you about it. But first of all, thank you, and welcome to the show, Josh. Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure. Sweet. So tell me, uh, tell me about Cubicle Ninjas. How uh, how did you get? What is it? How did it get started? And and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. So so my my uh, background. I originally started as an illustrator, and then kind of for kids' books and comics, and then like found design, like graphic design. And so, um, and, and that's kind of been what, you know, what has been my bag in the, in the background. And so we, we originally started about seven years ago. And so we're traditional design agency at heart. Um, we do about 50% marketing services, branding, logos, all that sort of stuff. But the other 50% is really on kind of technology. And so it's things like apps, web apps. And, and so we're always playing with new cool stuff for, for our customers. And, and oftentimes, you know, we will experience these things and really like them. But, but for VR, it was something very, very different. Um, it, was, it was an instance where we started playing with the technology and, and couldn't put it down and said, you know, this is something that's great for customers. And so we are, you know, actively working with, with clients to build things. But we also said this is, the, this is our chance to build something that we think, you know, we, we can really do uniquely well. So um, guided meditation is, is a great example of that of something that we said, you know, we think this is a space that needs to exist and, and let's, let's give it a try. So, so that's, that's been our, been our goal. And and it's been a blast. I have to say building in VR is probably the most fun I've had creating in in any medium yet. So. It's awesome. So just to challenge you a little bit on on that, on that idea, you know, VR has come and gone before. Why, (laughs) why, uh, why, why do you think it'll be successful this time around? I, I think, the technology is there, you know, I, I think the technology really works. Um, and, and I think, I also think that the ability to build stuff is easier than ever. Um, and so I think those two things are coming at the perfect time for, for VR to be a success. Even if VR is a success, just in terms of gaming alone, I think that's going to be, I think the audience is there, but I personally think it's going to be bigger than that. I think this is something that, you know, two, three years, once we get a few versions out that, that everyone's going to want in their home. Can you define success and you, you sort of touched it, but can you be, you know, perhaps a bit more yeah. specific as to what, uh, what you think success will mean for VR? Yeah, for, for me, I, I see, you know, if, if VR is left to gaming uh, alone, and I should say, I've, I've been a lifelong gamer. I love games. I'm, I'm super excited about them. But if, it, if it, VR only extends to there, I, I will feel disappointed about the potential of VR. Um, but but I think that the the real true success of VR is is being used by uh, in in the same way that mobile is adopted right now, and that it has become so part of our lives that we can't imagine a world without it. Um, you know, in in the education space, in the healthcare space, um, in our, our entertainment space, I think there is more potential there than than I think even the VR community, who's super excited and enthusiastic, even, even realizes. Yeah, I want to commend you on a, 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 a very 
a very interesting thing that I noticed from your from guided meditation. Guided meditation is the application is the only VR demo that I've seen my girlfriend spend the most time in. Uh, and awesome. that in in windlands but 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 guided uh, took the crown on that one and and you know i i want to know about um, you know you talk about like how you know vr will uh i think will be seen as a gaming device at least at first um but you know for you you're not creating something that is a gaming experience necessarily so how do you reach your audience how do you plan on reaching those people and letting them know hey i got something for you how do you plan on reaching out to my my girlfriend for example <laughs> <laughs> I, th i think you hit the nail on the head though is like, i i think The, the, just when we, the audience kind of, you know, if we created a Venn diagram, the audience of VR and the audience of meditation may not overlap, especially a VR upfront, may not overlap uh, immediately. And I think that's kind of where, from a business perspective, we don't have to create an app that has a huge adoption upfront. You know, this is kind of a fun project for us to create. Mm -hmm. And so, Our hope is to create something that is a perfect um, enticement to folks who may be outside of that traditional audience. And so to your point, you have a VR headset on there, and, and my wife is in the same boat going, the first thing she asked me, I mean, honestly, the reason that this app exists is because my wife was in the same position and went, well, this stuff's really neat, and I, I love going to space, and I, I'm excited about the education stuff, but w w can I go to a beach? Can I go hang out anywhere, and can I go relax? And so we got that question I don't know, we probably got it 10 times by folks who would be in that, I'm not going to buy VR day one, but I might be interested. And so, um, so yeah, so that's kind of our goal is like, hopefully this is a lure to that sort of audience that, that may be put on a, a headset for the first time. In designing and in creating this guided meditation experience, what have you found, um, or what do you think? Uh, you know, how do you how do you think virtual reality adds value to the meditation experience? You know, how how, how can you how 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 do we say that VR is better than just sticking popping a DVD or watching a YouTube clip uh, of a guided meditation? No, that's an awesome question. Um, I, I think I mean the data shows over and over that. Um, there are some things that are hardwired in our brain that we cannot change. And so, for example, color theory, just basic color theory. If I see green versus red, I'm going to have a different reaction. Um, if it's raining outside, if it's not raining outside, I'm going to have a different reaction. And so from a meditation standpoint, what we often ask people to do is, We'll spend a bunch of time to learn how to regulate your emotions and thoughts, right? And that's a really, really hard thing to do. It takes years to do. Mm -hmm. And so if we can simply put people in a virtual location that uses their natural, their brain's natural biases to like feel comfortable and feel relaxed on their own, I think that's a gigantic revolution. And so we don't have to, you know, with meditation, traditionally, you're asking people to do something um, that is an expert level right out of the gate. And, and I think with, with VR, you have the ability to, to get a taste of, of that on your first day, on your first usage. Um, and that's what we're seeing. When we demo this with people, folks who may not have done meditation in the past go, I'm so relaxed. And you just don't hear that when you, you do your first meditation. Oftentimes, you know, you may, it may take a couple times to get up and running. So. Yeah, and you know what? What else I've noticed is that I think as our society is moving in this uh, unpredictable technological direction, it our our um, 
I feel like it's becoming harder and harder to just spend time, uh, at least in my personal opinion, I feel like for me, it's been, the older I get, the more busy I become and the harder and harder it becomes for me to like, just spend time inside my own head in silence. And and so much and so that like, I, I remember seeing, listening to an NPR show about how people would rather electrocute themselves over and over uh, rather instead of sitting for 15 minutes in silence <laughs> like like there was a guy who you know the people were you know they they, they had an, a button that electrocuted them and then they they had a table where they just stood there and then you know people would just electrocuted themselves there was a guy who did it 108 times it was like in the span of 15 minutes that's 40 electrocutions per minute or something i don't know something like insane like that like and so <laughs> Got, I feel like guided meditation, you know, I saw your app and I was just like, this is cool because uh, you know, now I'm not just sitting at an empty table. Now I have a vista and I have audio and, and, and a really nice sounding voice that like feeds into this experience. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to point that out that it's, that's really cool. And you know, did you have that in mind when you're like thinking about this like what sort of problem or are you trying to solve if, if you see what i'm saying i, I do I, I think um i think it's that true i think you're right on i think it's that core point technology has become so often i mean i think the data says something like 90 percent of of it's 90 to 95 percent of people will not go anywhere without their cell phone and i, I think that's so telling right like we we become literally attached to this technology that leaving it is is scary to us, and and while meditation and and should be about all about you and effectively decoupling from that stuff, I do think that there's just no way to kind of get people interested. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I I think what we've noticed is that the, the a different kind of audience gets excited about this. The one who who's maybe tech savvy and always wanted to try it, but is maybe a little ADD and can't can't do so without uh, some proper context and hopefully this gives them the context to to do that yeah are there uh, you know what uh, what what do you think sets you apart from or will set you apart from other competing apps and experiences because i feel like you know guided med- meditation and these sort of just relaxing experiences will be um uh will be in uh, in high demand and i think the demand will be met and so what do you think will be your your competitive edge on that front I'm, I what's cool is just hearing that question. I have to say, cause like, like six months ago, that was not, you know, that that's not a question that, that would exist. It's like, I, I think that's awesome. Just, I want there to be an industry. Like this is, this is something we created cause I, I wanted to use it. I wanted everybody, you know, I'm going to give out subscriptions to our team. I want, I want everybody to be excited about, it. but w- when it comes to our competitive advantage, I think volume is, is a key part of this and customization. And, and so um, what we've really found is we've demoed this hundreds and hundreds of times to different people. And we now have probably, I think it's closing in on 10,000 downloads uh, across the, the new DK2 version. Nice. And so we've gotten a ton of feedback. And what's really interesting is people's personal private spaces and what they consider relaxing um, is completely different. A lot of people come to me and say, you know that raining one in the forest? That was horrible. I hate that. I never want to do that again. Anybody who likes that's crazy. And other people love it and say, that was my favorite. And so we're going to be focusing on volume of content, uh, both from uh, environments as well as kind of different relaxation methods. So we're going to have 40 to 50 different locations, um, each with four different kind of spots within it. 
as well as well over 50 different meditations and relaxations. And so the permutations are going to be over 100,000 different ways to customize you know, it to be best for you. And, and I think that's going to be the huge differentiator. The, co- the, the other competitors that I do know, you know, they're focusing on a, a few different things. And I think if we can make it fully customizable and just really easy to use, I think, I think we, can, we can have an edge. How do you plan on distributing your, your experiences and how, and by, and I'll, I'll, eventually I'll, I was going to ask you, but I'll, I'll probably get it out of the way. You know, how much do you plan on charging? How do you decide how much your experience is worth at the same time? I totally agree. I think, I think that's the, the, the challenge a lot of people are in, in the development space are facing. Um, but w- how we're going to be doing it is, is basically the app is going to auto update with new content uh, as, as it's available. It's actually built into the DK2 demo that we have. Um, but, but I don't think we've, we've turned it on yet. So as we kind of do new builds, those will automatically download and you'll have access to those, those new, new places. Um, but when it, when it comes to cost, we, we really debated that and we've had a lot of conversations. What we're trying to, what we're trying to think about this right now is relaxation, like as a service. And, and the thinking is, you know, somewhere along the lines of charging, you know, monthly fee to subscribe to the service. And, you know, whether that's, $3 to $5, somewhere within that range, and um, and then continuously releasing new content. So you have the ability to access any of this other stuff, but you also have the ability to say, you know what, I'd love more beaches, or I'd like to go to space, and and we'll kind of continuously can continuously be releasing that. But I think that's the challenge of, of this, is that we're you know potentially a year out, maybe even more, um, and it's just, it's, it's hard to figure out from a business perspective. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of how do you, uh, you know, what platforms do you think or do you, would you ideally be want to be available on? Yeah, right now we're focusing on, on desktop, uh, you know, PC, Mac, Linux, uh, as long as the SDK is, is there. Hmm. Um, and, um, it, that is kind of our, our first focus, but I, I think long term, and and we are playing around right now with with mobile quite a bit. I I've spent the past two weeks um have heavy deep in and looking at mobile VR, but um but I I think right now it's desktop focus and then secondarily things like gear. Um, I think the challenge with gear is we just need to see if there is an audience for that. I know there is an audience for Oculus and, and the uh, CV1, you know, consumer version. Mm-hmm. Um, for gear, we don't even know a, a cost or, or a launch date, and so it becomes more or tough. Have you have you guys thought about or have you already been in the works in terms of forming partnerships with with places like hospitals or or really high stress work environments where you will partner up with someone who has sens- access to sensory deprivation tanks and you put a sensory deprivation in, in, inside that office and an Oculus Rift and your guided meditation and then you drop them in there for like you know 40 minutes and then they come out of and you know again it's just sort of in that vein like what other sorts of you know partnership opportunities have you explored or are you thinking about at this point i I think you hit the nail on the head i I think we think a direct to consumer audience is going to be huge but we also see that there's some real big audiences in the in the business space one of those to your point is is large organizations using this as a um, a lot of larger companies will have that like chill out room or you know playroom or things along those lines. Having this in there not only hits the cool factor, but also is a way to kind of take a breather if, if you're having a stressful day. We're looking a lot into medical as well. To to your point, 
um, areas we're going to be testing in the next like 30 days is um, is, is actually uh, kind of uh, people with Alzheimer's and and kind of testing it on the on the lower end of that spectrum. A lot of the time they they have con- they basically they know that they're starting to lose their memory, but they're getting really concerned about that. And so, um, but but they can still enjoy things on like a 10 minute stretch. And so, is this something that that might be interesting or or valuable to them to comfort them? Uh, in, in those, those periods. Um, same thing with senior living. Um, a, a lot of the time, and, and we bowling is a good example of this. It's still a huge hit. They still have leagues there for that sort of stuff. And, and it's a bummer because they're spending all their money to be in one of these, basically in a care facility and they have all the free time in the world and they can't do anything. They, they don't have much to do. So I think the ability for them to kind of see virtual places, experience stuff would be really big. The, the, the final audience that we're looking to in as well is, is in the governmental space mm-hmm. and actually as a, a pre and post PTSD uh, treatment. And, and uh, so we're actually going to be talking at, uh, at the, the ITSEC conference in, in December about health and wellness for, for VR um, for, for military. How much do you think, uh, you know, just off of guesstimations or calculations, you know, how much do you think the, this industry, uh, specifically in terms of the health and wellness guided meditation, sort of aspects of virtual reality, you know, how much do you think it'll end up being worth a year, two years, five years from now, perhaps? Yeah, it, it, it's such a hard question. Um, <laughs> but I would say, like, if we look at, like, one, one funny thing is, like, if you look at gum, right, I think gum is somewhere in the range of, like, a $10 billion industry. Wow. It's absolutely insane. So it's it's a really hard question. Spas right now, just, like, relaxation spas and spa treatments are about $13 billion. So, you know, I, I, I do feel that it is a, a multi-billion dollar business, but that really depends on the adoption. So whether that's uh, you know, half a billion or five billion, I, I don't know. But I, I, I do feel my personal opinion is it's going to probably be in the one to two billion dollar range within five years. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, anything is possible, and and uh, I think at the rate that VR will uh, explode, I think it's it could very well happen. I, I want to know. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on what do you think is the Achilles heel of virtual reality right now? You know, if there's if there's is there something about the tech um, that is that is perhaps the elephant in the room that people need to really address. I'm less concerned about tech um, at this point with, I I think Oculus has done an amazing job of setting our expectations and proving maybe to developers and and interested folks like detriment that they're going to get this right when when they launch it. I am a little concerned about the narrative from a marketing perspective and just from a story perspective. And, And really just because sometimes it takes a long time to, to, remove that. And, and a good example is like Apple, right? Every 10, 15 years ago, everything was Apple's trying everything they can, but they're still not going to be PCs. Right. And then somewhere along the line that changed, but that took 10 years. And, and, and so right now the narrative about VR is, Hey, remember that thing from the nineties? It's back and it makes me sick. And, and I think I've, I've been in demos where I would pulled this out we, we, I, I've flown to cities to demo to customers. I will, I will put it on the table. I'll be like, this is exciting and awesome. Do you want to try it? And people will go, oh, that's the thing that makes me sick. And, and, and they wouldn't put it on. 
And so it, it, I think if, if we can't, from a, from a PR or marketing perspective, you know, help that spin to get in a spot where, where people actually give it a go, um, you know, I think it, no matter how awesome the technology is, it's, it's not going to get used by, by the majority of, of folks. Yeah, I that's a that's a very interesting thing. And so were the were the people that that said, hey, that that's the thing that gets me sick. Were they referring to the thing they tried, you know, twenty years ago, or were they were they just had recently tried like a a, a DK one or something? It, it, what's amazing is these are folks who have never. So it, it was out in in LA. So these were folks who who knew enough to know, they never had tried it before, and but they knew enough to know. Oh, I've seen that. And on YouTube, and and that thing, it, I I don't want to get sick, so I'm not going to do that. I have stuff to do today, mm-hmm. and I, and I think that is terrifying to me. Is that the the only thing that people, you know, this this audience would know would be that fact, um, and 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 use that to prevent them from using it, because oftentimes it's like once people get inside of it, those are the exact same folks that are converts. Like I've been amazed um, at usually I'll come in and think these people won't like it and and they come off and they're the biggest proponents. So if, if we can't get around that message though, you, it will never happen. Yeah. That's a very, very, uh, interesting challenge to try to address and overcome. I mean, uh, yeah, because it's because it could because it could play into the hands of industries that might feel threatened by virtual reality and yeah. might utilize that as a tool to disperse misinformation and say, hey, you know, it's it's still not here yet. It's gonna make you vomit. It's gonna it's gonna suck. Um, you know, I had this experience, and not to not to get too anecdotal, but I I remember demoing the Rift. Uh, to a group of rich people once, and uh, these guys were, um, you know, my my tone that doesn't really change when I speak, whether it is to you or to, you know, whoever it is. I'm talking about the singularity and cloning and everything. And you know, when I was talking about VR, I was just like, this is this is the steam engine, this is the Gutenberg machine, this is going to revolutionize mankind, and things will change forever. And this one lady, at first, she was just like, I don't know, this ain't for me, nah, I don't care. And then, you know, eventually, I think the thing that got to her, I was like, this is called, this is television in the 1930s. Like, wow. this is what you're seeing. And it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to blow your mind. But remember where television was back then and now where it is. And this is going to go even faster. And eventually, she came up to me, she's like... All right, I, I guess I'll try it. I, I don't want to be. What did she say? I don't, she said, "I don't want to be there. I don't want to be left behind." Wow. And and then and then she tried it and she enjoyed it. And you know, it's it it was a very interesting experience. Um, but yeah, the the whole selling that aspect of like the the VR sickness that's definitely gonna be that's gonna either that's gonna definitely gonna come down first to the developers of the tech. And I you know I'm I, I'm strongly. I strongly believe that Oculus will nail it, um, but yeah, but definitely that that marketing aspect of uh, getting around that is it about is it about a message or is it about just carpet bombing the hell out of you know every person's um, ad space with uh, virtual reality like advertisements? Like, what do you think it'll take for for that um, for for us for the VR for VR to to dispel those those sorts of uh, impressions. I, I think it's going to have to be people using it. I mean, I, I do think that mm. word of mouth is going to be beneficial, but I don't see that that story from a journalism perspective changing 
in the next year to two years. I, I just think it's, I think it's going to keep happening. Um, but I think if we can get people in the seats, putting on a headset who, who may not have had in the past, I think that would be huge. The, the other concern that I actually have, and it's, it's a similar concern, is that mobile VR will propose a, a just a smaller viewpoint of what VR is capable of, and that people will, again, not be able to make that imagination leap to how, how that is applicable in, in larger context. Um, and, and because I see, I'm seeing, at least on, on the agency side of, of what we're doing, a lot of people are hesitant, like customers and clients are hesitant to invest in Oculus things right now because they don't know if it's going to come out a year, a year and a half. Um, but everybody's seems to be super responsive to mobile VR, which is perfectly great, but we don't want that to fully, at least in its current state, fully replace um, a, a, a more in-depth experience. So, Tell me more about why. What's your reasoning behind that? What we're seeing from, from customers is that to, to the metric uh, from before that 95% of people keep their phones with them all the time, mm -hmm. um, this is an ecosystem they feel very comfortable with, like marketers. And so they can, um, you know, they feel very comfortable using the existing tool sets that they have and, and following up in the, in the methods that they know how. And, and so they can launch an app that exists on an app store. They can track it. They can follow up and they can they can use that without having to reinvent the the wheel and, and and they can do it now as opposed to waiting waiting a year from now and so I think all those things are super super alluring and I I, I agree with them I think they're they're very very interesting and valuable um, but the concern would be again from a uh, just a storytelling standpoint that a, a user who who may not be super technology savvy goes oh yeah I tried VR on my phone I didn't like it. And, and, and leaves that as, as a thing. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. I, I, I'm curious. I, I, I think great VR experiences will change that. But right now for mobile, there aren't a ton. You know, there, there are a few things that are working well. And I think gear is going, gear's in its own category. I would consider that closer to Oculus. But, but it's like, you know, oh, my phone, my iPhone 5 with a Google Cardboard. Uh, yeah, it totally, I went on a roller coaster and it made me sick. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, that's not there's real VR and then there's more kind of toy fun experiential VR. Yeah. You, so would, would something like a gear VR be a platform that you'd be interested in developing for, or are you trying to stick to a desktop more high end sort of stuff at this point? I'd love, and I think our, our whole team would love to, to work with gear. Um, I think it, we're really impressed at, at connect at, um, I, I didn't. I go. I went in expecting very little, and and left just completely amazed. So, yeah, I, I think gears is really awesome. The challenge is, I I think there are many moving parts there. Like I have to buy, a, I have to find, buy a phone, and then I have to buy the gear piece, and then is there an app store? Can I can I? When will the app store launch? Which you know, who who knows? Um, so I think those are the the bigger challenges on that. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, there's going to be a Samsung's Developers Conference here in San Francisco, November 11th through the 13th, and there's going to be uh, some talks on VR, so I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted if I find anything that might uh, uh, might sound of interest to you. Well, fingers crossed, right? Yeah, it, and, and so, you know, what about Sony? Would, would Sony's Morpheus platform also be something that you guys have looked into, or are you, again, are you sticking to the desktop? Yeah, we, we, we did, we've had uh, uh, initial kind of 
research into that. I would say we're looking into getting kind of the Sony, you know, developer status and, and that sort of stuff. The, the bigger concern is just um, the the ability of the console to to push some of the things that we're we're kind of hoping to do. But uh, we are looking into that as well. Tell me about that. What sorts of things, magical, uh, fantastical <laughs> things, are you planning on 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 putting on or adding to this this already awesome experience? Thanks. Um, so so we we are aiming for for forty to fifty different locations, and so a great deal of those are going to be physical locations, just in terms of you know a mountain range, a uh, a forest, th those sorts of different things. But I think where it gets really interesting is um, in terms of these non-representational spaces and so things like i want to sit down and live inside a fractal and or i want to um have the environment change when i breathe or um i think those are the things that that are more interesting just just to me personally um but it, but i think are more advanced level stuff I, I, one of the things that we're also doing in terms of content is right now we're just talking about guided meditations um and having different options for those meditations But we, we also have been working pretty hard on um, finding new ways to – because visual meditation is, is something that's totally new. So traditional meditation is a lot of like breathing, focusing on breath, mindfulness, and guided meditation is adding audio to it. So what happens when we can show visuals? What can we do there that, that hasn't existed before? So I'm excited that we've got, I don't know, three or four different things that I've never seen anybody um, – actually talk about and, and I think they have the ability to kind of uh, really stir people in a, in a cool way so so we've got some interesting fun functionality that I, that I don't I don't think I've seen anywhere else before that, that we're looking looking to integrate as well would that sort of uh, and I, um, I will understand 100% if you are not able to talk about these things but I would those things include something like biofeedback I'm always I've always been alerted to the idea that you could be playing dread halls for example and you have a, uh, a biofeedback device that is uh, reading your heart rate and you know in the game is and that it's being fed to the game and the game knows when your heart rate is is just very nice and restful and then it'll like you know jump scare you to keep you on your on your toes in that same vein would a guided meditation experience that is f keeping up with your biofeedback um your biometric input uh could also uh, you know morph the visuals as your heart or your breathing or uh, your galvanic response is feeding into the the experience and and all of a sudden you're having a more hallucinogenic sort of uh meditative <laughs> experience that is oh my god the world is changing around me as my breathing gets uh, slower uh, you know what are you, uh, you know, are you are you are you thinking about biofeedback and can you talk about that or I think we, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we have to think about biofeedback. I think if, if this is a one-way input, it has failed. And, and so whether that is on the unfortunate end of, you know, a user rating their experience when they have one, you know, what was that meditation like? What was your experience like um, in, in that simple way? Or it's something that is more in-depth with some sort of feedback. Um, I, I think it's huge. You, I look at things like, to your point, like Nevermind, which is you know something that's on Kickstarter, and I think they, they actually got um, funded last night. Um, and it's a horror title that uses their you know the feedback responses. So we, we've been watching that very closely just to see is there an audience for that sort of thing, um, and and figuring out how how we can work there. But yeah, we have been playing with that and trying to see you know where is that line because now we have 
Now you need a great PC or, you know, a desktop machine. Now you need an Oculus Rift and now you need, a, you know, potentially a third piece. So how do we have this as an optional component that, that really adds significant value? Yeah, oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I figured that eventually the human body itself will become, and, and the subconscious responses that the human body emits will become part of the input device all in and out of itself i perhaps i mean it could be uh because the the whole input question is something that that just is constantly inside my head you know just wondering like what is it going to look like what is the mouse of virtual reality going to look like um and i and i and i think that it might just be a combination haptic glove with you know galvanic skin response sort of you know device i I've, again you know i i really you know if this is next generation technology next the next generation of gaming it should really be like something that we've never seen before and, and i think uh, utilizing the human bodies of you know biofeedback mechanisms to add a, a new layer of inter interactivity is is definitely next gen I, I and i and i would hope that more developers jump on board on that um i agree but you know what do you think is the challenge with, with that when incorporating you know more biofeedback i i think it's it's a, it's a new territory just in terms of um, you know it's combining all these these new horizons and i think that that becomes a little more challenging i also think there's a weird, there's a weird gray area there in terms of, um, you know, if you're concerned about what you're, when you log into Facebook, that Facebook is, pre, you know, presenting different information to you based on your past history. What if they have access to your medical history? You know, what if, what if you know mm. that I relaxed this much yesterday and that I walked this much and that I'm this age? You know, is that is that a danger? And so I, I think there's some, there's some interesting kind of moral, ethical questions to kind of discuss. But I think from a developer standpoint, like just from our point of view, um, I think the biggest thing is adoption. Just how, 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 what percentage of a percentage of an audience is going to go after that? And, and up until this time, there really hasn't been an example of, of that happening up until 24 hours ago with, with Nevermind actually getting, getting funded on their, on their second go. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, I think that gives me hope that there, there is an audience. And, um, if, if that does take off and, and there's, there seems to be significant interest, it'd be insane for us not to, to support that because that's really the end goal. If, if this is a one-way input, it, it's a, it's not going to be satisfying to us either. Yeah, even Nintendo is getting on board with the health and biofeedback sort of area. They're releasing something for the Wii U. I, I can't recall really well what it was. Just an article I read like a week ago, and they're and they're releasing something like Wii Health or something. It's a thing that measures. I I, I think it's biofeedback, and but but it's but perhaps that could be a device that like a Wii controller you can hack into and and utilize their hardware to. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, We've been thinking a lot about phones. You know, going back to the, they keep them on, on on them all the time. And with with Google and and Apple, kind of Apple has you know HealthKit and, and some other stuff. You know, is there a way to to tap into some of that? Or if you have an Apple Watch, is can can we tap into that and basically you know read read your heart rate? And mm -hmm. those are things that we're hoping to do. But who knows what what the state of the SDK and the software and the, the hardware marketplace. But I agree. I mean, it's so exciting. And like that, that's the place I want to be. I want to be in a guided meditation or a meditative experience that is like modifying itself based on my, my, how, 
how I'm reacting to it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I hope, uh, I, and I wish you the best of luck in that endeavor. I think, I hope you nail it. And, and what what's next and for you guys and your, your long-term plans and goals? You know, where, where do you guys envision envision yourselves five years from now, for example? Yeah, I, uh, well, next up, we have a release of a new app in the next, I don't know, probably four weeks um, called Wanderlust. Um, and it is a, uh, it is actually a virtual travel app. Um, we, we went tons of different places uh, and had a chance to, to capture video there. So um, we're going to be releasing just a teaser demo of, of what that experience is like. But we'll be going to places like Venice and Paris and um, Greece and Amsterdam and, and getting a taste of, of what it's really like to walk around and, and, and go through that. Um, we additionally have a mobile VR experience, actually a set of experiences that, that we're going to be releasing for both Google, uh, for, for both Android and iOS. And that's going to be focused more on like a cardboard kind of user, um, just to see, give, give that a test as, as a market. Um, but, but I mean, our bigger, fo- larger focus in the, the VR is kind of the our friend is, is guided meditation and taking that and, and really taking this proof, this, this vertical slice and expanding that into a full experience that, that is worth people's time and time and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when it comes to like five years, who knows? I mean, like, honestly, like I, I didn't, I was part of that generation that was promised like hoverboards and flying cars and uh, VR was on that list. And, and had you asked me a year ago, I wouldn't have thought, you know, just, just with everything that VR still would have a chance. I, I hadn't tried to DK one at that time. And, and so I think, um, I think the more interesting thing is like, I, I hope we're continuing to create, um, amazing experiences that, that benefit, that basically bring all the benefit of our experience of, of this past creative stuff in, into new horizons. I think always exploring new stuff is kind of in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing I'd love is I'd love for guided meditation to find an audience, you know, six, eight months ago when we kind of started playing around with this idea, there wasn't a real clear audience there. And I think we're hoping to establish what this is, this should be a genre. This has a chance to, to be something powerful. And so I'd love, you know, five years from now for, for the relaxation genre to be like a real thing and for us to, to continue to be part of that and, and trying to build awesome stuff that, that makes people, uh, makes their lives better. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. If I, let's say I jumped into a time machine and I went back in time two years ago and I approached you and I went up, and up to you, Josh, what do you think is coming? What do you think is after the smartphone? Um, <laughs> you know, what would you have said back then since you, I'm assuming you weren't that aware of virtual reality is, yep. uh, you know, and, and has that, would that answer, has that answer changed uh, till to today? Yeah, I mean, we we backed. I you know, I backed the the Oculus went on on Kickstarter and stuff, and and kind of I really hoped and believed it would work, but but I didn't I didn't actually think it it would work as as well as it as it did. It it definitely blew me away. So I I think that that would be a huge one. Like I I was hopeful for for, for this. I do think augmented reality has tons of potential like it had two years ago it, it has today um I, I we still haven't seen a ton of really awesome stuff happening with it um i would say i say those are the two i'm most excited about and i guess 3d in the web like as as 3d experiences continue to get more powerful online i think that's a really cool cool spot but um but outside of the web stuff i mean for me like the the vr is is the most i'm so happy to be wrong on that one like <laughs> 
So why why has AR and maybe it's my ignorance, but I, my my assumption is that VR is further along uh, in terms of techno technology, in terms of investment, in terms of interest, even than AR. You know, why do you think AR hasn't had its two billion dollar Facebook moment yet? I don't know. I mean, I think that's a really good question. I, I think I think the challenge is that, from my perspective, marketing companies or marketing within larger institutions doesn't have a huge amount of incentive to change. It is um, it is let's take last year's stuff and update it for for next year um, or, or or this year. And and I think that that's always been the case. And so AR taps into some of that stuff. And it ends up being like a nice to have and not like a, a must have. And and I think I, I think gets is both the challenge and the benefit of VR is that for the most part, outside of out of mobile VR, that people can't do that. Like people really do have to rethink how they're trying stuff. And if they're gonna approach it, they're gonna they're gonna at least have to approach it even for mobile a slightly different way. And I and I think that's been the, the big thing. Um, there's also a few players in the AR space that tend to dominate um, that that conversation, and so you know, and they're big, very large companies, so um, who have the, the technology uh, behind it. So I also think that there's been no very cool acquisition or IPO to to get people buzzed. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about your tools. What tools are you guys utilizing to create your experiences um, on, in, on modeling, on uh, you know just engine and, and uh, networking, all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. So we're primarily using. I mean, it's it's ninety five percent Unity, uh, you know, three D and and kind of taking advantage of that. A lot of the models are you know pre existing models either that we kind of purchase or, or take and, and kind of play with in, in mm -hmm. certain different ways. So we really try to keep out of um, you know what we what could potentially be a, a bad area for us, which is we're not super great at three D, so we're gonna let better or smarter people do that and focus on, on trying to build something experiential. Mm -hmm. Um but but yeah I would say it's it's about ninety five percent weighted on a on a Unity three D end. Very cool. And how do you like Unity as a as a as a, an engine, a, a tool of creation? I think Unity is amazing. I think it's 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 one of the most frustrating programs I've ever used, and it's um it's wonderful in the same breath. And so it's 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 a challenge it, because it can do anything. It it is so cool to be able to play with and and to, to hang out with. But I, I do think like. As a as a program, it, it crashes more than than anything I've ever seen in my life, and and I think that from a from a creation perspective, that can be challenging. But I'm I'm hopeful with some of the new updates, and I think you know Unity five with their you know physically based you know rendering stuff, I think looks phenomenal, and so I, I think it's it's going to continue to get better, and, and hopefully, as long as it doesn't crash, I will continue down the the Unity path. So. Sweet. I want to. I like to just sort of uh, pick at your brain and, and and just out of curiosity, what are your three favorite games of all time? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> no pressure. No pressure um, at all. I, I, <laughs> I, for for me, I probably have to say like some some of the classics. Like for I, I really was obsessed with like I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh, the alternate probably Final Fantasy VIII. I, <laughs> I love 
love Final Fantasy, and you can see that in the names of, of some of the locations. Like, I think two of them out of the four are named after... So we're, na- we're naming all the locations after not after video games, uh, video game spaces, because I think it's, there's a really romantic, like there's been a, like for Oculus connect, it was one of the, I don't know. I've been to LA a few times, but like it, it was one of the first times that I actually knew, like when we were going, when I was going to the hotel, I knew exactly where the hotel was. Cause I'd play so much grand theft auto five. And there's this weird bleed that happens when you, when you're living in a virtual location and then you go to the real location. So I think that was kind of what you're hoping to do with some of the naming stuff is like, have the ability to like have this weird bleed between a, a, a faux real place and a, and a virtual place. Um, but, but final fantasy eight, um, half-life two, I would say like half-life changed, changed my life. And, um, and everything Valve makes is amazing. And, uh, I would say probably the other one would be super Mario 64. Um, I, that is just one of the most playable fun games of, of all time for me. Yeah, my I was playing. Um, I was showing my uh, for my, for the first time. I got my grandpa playing Team Fortress Two on my DK Two yesterday, and wow, yeah, he loved it. He's a a, a new VR enthusiast has been born. Um, <laughs> and meanwhile, speaking of Half Life, my little cousin, we were playing uh, Team Fortress, and it was all three of us. My grandpa on the DK Two, I'm on his computer, and my little cousin, and wow. we are. Um, he was telling me about, hey Christian, he's 11. Hey Chris, um, he's like, Half Life 3 has been confirmed. I, I let me send you this YouTube link, and I'm like, no. And also, Left 4 Dead 3 also got confirmed. And so I haven't seen the YouTube link. I know that he's playing with my heart and uh, pulling at my heartstrings. I don't know. I, I or either he either he got trolled and hoaxed. But I I gotta check out that YouTube link. I want to see if it's uh. If it, cause no, wait. If 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 Half Life, <laughs> I'm I'm like putting hope in my heart now. Like, but if Half Life had has has really been confirmed, I would have heard it by now. Like, Twitter would have exploded, uh, Facebook would have gone crazy, the, the whole internet would have shut down. So, or, or maybe Gabe at the end just says, "Please don't tell anybody about this. Just share the YouTube work, you know." So <laughs> it's a conspiracy. It's all, yeah, self control. Thanks, yes. Gabe. <laughs> um, do you and and so. I don't really have a question after the story, but I'm just gonna make one up. You know, do you think Half Life Three will 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 we see Half Life Three in our lifetimes? I think Half Life Three is gonna be a VR game. So yeah, I think Half Life Three will come out in the next two years. I I think I think I'd be amazed if Half Life didn't launch alongside uh, an Oculus product, like within the first year. I really do think that given the connections between the two, even with the half the a good chunk of the Valve team going over to Oculus. I, I think I think it's going to happen. I think that's a bold statement, and I'm really, really hoping you're right. I'm really hoping you're right on this one. Uh, no, and I think it makes sense because half uh, Steam has a Steam VR option. They have, you know, they they've been pretty proactive with uh, adopting virtual reality. I think they have, and I think they 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 were trying to do two things at once. They're trying to build. A software platform, or three things. They were building the software application. They were trying to build the hardware, and then they were trying to. And I think when they they they, I think they scuttled the hardware team when they when they realized someone else can do it. And I'm just, I'm hopeful. I'm I'm believing my own lies, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, some, something something's got to help us go to sleep at night, you know. So I agree. yeah, yeah. So that YouTube video will now be the source of my hope. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, the anticipation. Uh, and so you know, just sort of in that ba- same vein with you know uh, Steam being a big a big company, and you know, just what what do you think? 
will be the impact of of the eventuality of big companies getting involved into into VR, like you know, like EA or your Activision or your Dow, the chemical company. I don't know, like it's just because VR is more than gaming, so I would imagine that bigger bigger names uh, will uh, will start um, investing in it. You know, what do you think the impact will be to the, for the industry and at at that point? I think it's validation, right? We we keep a track of all of the companies that have used that have publicly announced usage of VR, and so we have about forty to fifty companies in terms of um, use it for marketing and or sales usage. And it's not a huge list, but what's interesting is it grows by the day. Um, and and I think it validates the the effort that is being put here and the idea. Um, and I'm very hopeful for it. You know, I, I think a good example is I think it was Shell. Shell is using it to kind of talk about how the oil refinement process works. Where, where does oil come from? How does it get into a ship? How do you refine it? You know, all this sort of stuff. And I think for abstract concepts, I think that's that's so awesome. Um, I, I am a little interested in slash concerned about the end state. You know, it's 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 what is what does twenty years from now look like? And just in terms of when you have the ability to present a message, like right now. Just from from a media message, you know, we if you go onto the internet, it's filled with people who have wild, crazy, differing opinions. But what if you can put and after they read an article, but what if you could put them in that situation? You know, what if you could and it couldn't be it could be unreal. It could just be simulated. People will believe things if they see them, and so I think that is the interesting thing of like making sure that we don't live in a a brave new world esque dystopia of uh, Shell, the uh, Giganto Corp, you know, telling us how how we can live. And I, and I know I'm I'm jumping from zero to sixty, but I think that's going to be the interesting thing of how do people discern reality from from the virtual reality. That is huge. I mean, I feel like you're I am on the sort of same wavelength as you when it comes to that. Um, and how does you know how do people such as yourselves and cubicle ninjas you know you're you're not EA so how do you compete with these guys or or are you planning or how do you plan to how do you plan to adapt to the change in environment um at that point i think it's i think EA is a perfect example right if we take a look at mobile i think we look at what EA did in that situation and they were slow to move and then what they did was they purchased a bunch of companies, and then those companies either did well or did horribly and got absorbed by the larger entity. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen with VR. Um, they're going to need to focus on high-margin, sequelitis sort of things, and they they cannot be nimble. They cannot be innovative, and nor should they be. They, they need to get the highest return for their shareholders. That is their job. Um, so so I think for us, we're in a perfect situation. I you know I keep... I, I make the joke, but like I really do think the rodeos of the world are just you know posting on the Reddit, uh, you know the Reddit stuff left and right. I think the future people who have the ability to transform VR into these experiences are, are, are all around us. Um, and and I think in the long term, you know, I, I still don't see that changing. You know, if we look at the console ecosystem, it's still very there's very clear genres and there's very clear indie projects and and AAA titles. Um, as long as we don't try to make an FPS that, that competes, I, I think we, we can all coexist. So uh, you're, you're, are you in Chicago right now? Yes, we are. 
Very cool. You are the first people, uh, Cubicle Ninjas being, and you being uh, I, the first uh, VR development people that I, I speak with that are from Chicago. So I'm excited for that. I, I just want to say I love deep dish pizza. And I want to, and and here's the thing, I'm not a pizza expert. In fact, I am far from a pizza expert. I grew up, uh, I spent a good chunk, a few years of my childhood living in Nicaragua. And in the 90s, Nicaragua, for some reason, um, tomato sauce was not being imported into the country. So when we ate pizza, we ate it with ketchup. And so all my life, up to when I came to the States to move to San Francisco, like, I, I would I would ask for ketchup and put it on my pizza wherever I went. And so and so but I'm not a pizza expert. I just I just love deep deep deep, deep dish pizza. It's like I want to swim swim in my pizza and it's uh it's the closest thing to that. Um not to say that like the other styles of pizza are are, are bad, but fuck dude, deep dish deep dish pizza, man. If I if I could have a bed, it would made it would be made out of a deep dish pizza. Uh, well, well, then I, I'm pretty sure you know once once the Chicagoans hear hear this, they'll uh, they'll present you with the key to the city. <laughs> and know the secret words. Uh, love of deep dish pizza. All you have to say is you know go Bears and, and you're in. But no, I totally agree. I, I think uh, like I'm I'm anytime someone comes out here, the first invite is like, hey, you wanna you wanna go grab a bite of of things that will hurt your heart and let's enjoy it. So. <laughs> yes. Um, wow, life. You, you know, what is it that the things that uh, are so good, yet they're so bad for you? Uh, <laughs> it's this true. Yeah. Duality. Um, uh, so you know, going back to virtual reality, I, I'm, I just had this random thought about uh, the wonderful <laughs> uh, aspects of deep dish pizza. Um, going back to VR, you know, what do you think is the, uh, like, what, what, do you, what is your hope? For this technology, and what is your what is your biggest fear? Yeah, I I, I, I have a kind of a side story to share about the hope, and that is when um, so my wife is a, a first and second grade teacher, and um, they had like a, a show and tell day, and she asked, "Would you be interested in bringing our dog in? It's a little puppy, cute as can be, like six months old. And could you? Oh yeah, by the way, you're into that VR stuff. Could you bring the VR stuff into? I think the kids might like it. And I'd shown her Titans of Space, and she thought it was really cool." So I brought all this stuff over and I shared it with them. And, and what I didn't mean to happen, but what happened was um, kind of like a Pepsi challenge sort of thing of like, which do you prefer? And at the end of it, what was amazing to me is that VR won over a live adorable puppy for eight-year-olds. And I think that for me is the biggest hope for the future, right? Like in, in a little, little spooky, but also awesome And that young people can see this. Young people can see the potential of this. And I yeah. think – um, that's amazing. So I'm, I'm for, for VR, I'm hoping VR is in the classroom. I'm hoping VR is part of our everyday life for, I'm hoping that VR has the ability to, to be the medium that we've been moving forward to towards this whole time, you know, a summary of, of, of sound and, and interaction and, and, and visuals. And, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for that. And when I, when I show it to eight year olds, I get that feeling. Um, and then the obstacle thing, I, I still, you know, I, I would definitely say it's the, the marketing and, and the potential naysayers from, from Google card, you know, mobile VR mobile stuff. But honestly, I think there's always going to be naysayers. So I, I still, I, I, I think like, I think VR is going to happen. I think we're, we're there. I think it's just a matter of, um, how fast we get there. 
Yeah, I haven't run into a young person who is, um, and I've shown it to to plenty of them who has been like, nah, I don't, I, I don't like this. It's not gonna take off. I, you know, I have one, I have one cousin who's a bit of a, um, how do you say, he's he's uh, a, a contrarian, but but that's his thing. So I, I'll, you know, it's not of out of any re, you know, any particular rationale logic he's just a contrarian because he's been born that way anyway the 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 idea you know what you said about the classroom i am extremely in, inspired because and and hopeful because education is just you know every pro any you know you think about think about problem a b or c you know and and you and then you ask yourself like man what would be the solution to that problem you know human problems sort of like you know how do you address how do you address prejudice how do you address ignorance how do you address how do you teach people better uh you know about their political system about their place in life about their you know about the world around them and you know there's so many problems that could all be funneled down to education and now we have i think with vr we have this like insane tool of the future that could now catapult education to new lengths and new depths never been seen before and i that inspires me that gives me hope um and and i wonder you know how long do you think it'll take before education in vr takes off I, I don't know. I, I know that, you know, I, I'd be surprised if there weren't things at launch for, for, from an educational perspective. But I, I, what, what I do know enough to, to be dangerous is that uh, schools have often have budgets that are tied from, from a technology perspective that are, that are dedicated to tech and that those budgets refresh on a yearly basis. So there is, there's a huge incentive for them to be trying new things. And, 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 and so I think, um, I'd be surprised if in five years VR wasn't a component of schools somehow. But um, whether that is a, a library thing you, you have to log into or it's, you know, there are three per classrooms or something like that. Um, but but I, I, I think five years max. But but my hope is cl closer to, you know, three to four, four maybe. How uh, how receptive are the people around you um, when you bring up the subject of virtual reality? It, you know, is are are, are people um, like open minded to it, or are they sort of? Because I've run, I for me it runs the gamut here in like Daily City SF. Like I've I've had neighbors who were like, "This is awesome," and I have others who were like, "Oh my god, this is scary." Oh my yeah. like like legitimately fearful and i was i was like wait hold on it's not that bad it's and it's and by the way there's nothing you can do to stop it maybe that probably scared her <laughs> even more now but now that i think about you it should but... say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so you know what do you think is you know what do you what has been the response for you uh, with the people around you it's been more um once people try it I, I have yet I've seen one person out of maybe three to four hundred who who have had a negative response and and negative and not in terms of I got sick but negative in terms of this is a bad thing but but once people try it people love it but when when I but often I would say maybe fifty percent right now are getting it which sounds in terms of when we have a conversation they they can follow it and they can track to the potential of where this could be but I should say I was the guy in 
you know, before mobile happened, I'm, I was like the first guy to get a mobile, you know, a smartphone from, you know, and, and actually be, this is going to be huge. And everyone was like, well, no, you're nuts. And this is crazy. Same thing with the tablet. I, you know, same boat. So I'm kind of used to people saying like, this, this is not going to work. So it's about, for me, it feels like about the same percentage of folks who are just like, eh, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Nah, I see. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're about, I think you're right. I think, yeah. Uh, and, and so going back to that, that question of people who, who, who actually think it's a bad thing, you know, like, yeah. let's, let's try to think about like what, or what I'm, I'm trying to think about like, what is, what's, what's driving that fear? What's driving that, that sentiment? You know, is it, is it fear? Is it, is it, you know, Ludditeism? You know, what do you think? Uh, and how do you think we can address that as a community, as an industry? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I mean, I think, I think it's obviously fear. And I think a lot of people tend to equate, and this is something we ran into, we were currently running into with, with the meditation audience. You know, there's some people in the meditation audience who, 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 you know, are, are devout believers that technology should not be associated with this. And there are other people who are more open-minded, but I, I don't think there's anything that I can do to kind of convert them and, Till they have an experience, and and so I, it's a challenge because it's. I think there's just going to be a certain percentage of the audience that 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 is that is against it. How we can prevent it? I I think by diversifying the offerings. I think the, the demos that are available are really amazing and and are much more diverse than we would see for sale. Um, so as long as it's not all first person shooters, which again I love that genre. I'm a huge huge fan. But as long as it's not that. And we have the ability to things that have, 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 you know, our, our experiences are focused on, on that. How do we convert new people? So things like, I want to go travel the world. I want to go relax on a beach. If we have things that are diverse enough that, that people can't say this is just a more effective murder simulator, I, I think we can hopefully try to quell that. But, but your guess is as good as mine. I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I want to take it just a little bit further and, yeah. and let's, let's play pretend. Um, and by, and I'm a preface this by saying I am your choir and you are my preacher. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to like, I'm going to take the role of someone who is, I'm, I'm going to try to try to tap into what that might look like, what that person is thinking, you know, why yeah. they would be scared. Awesome. And so I'm going to, what I'm going to say is, you know, this is scary because we're all going to end up alone and disconnected and sucked into this 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 alien device that will strap into our faces and you know will like a, will make us less human. How would you address something like that? I think I think if we take a look at the VR community, I, I've never been part of a and so people who have had the most experience with with putting their face in this, this forum device. I've never had such an experience with a kind, caring, compassionate, empathic community that wants to be a community. And we look at things like VR chat or other Janus and things along those lines. Talk about uh, community oriented, talk about mm -hmm. bringing people together. I mean, Olivier, who, who, you know, you spoke with recently as a good example, traveling across the world he, he gives his time he keeps his time on pacific time so he can hang out with his friends i mean that is amazing and remarkable and and if you can see that and just think it's a negative thing um i i, I don't there's nothing i can do you know yeah
Yeah, um, yeah, you uh, preach on. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, this is the, the there's so um, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of hurdles to try to jump when you're trying to you know uh, try to dissuade someone, and some people just will never will never see it. I think you know, and that's fine, I guess. Um, so it's just it's just this because um, because then uh, let's talk about accessibility, and you know. How do you think VR will adapt to people with, you know, uh, you know color uh, color blindness, or you know, how do you think will adapt to people who can only see from one eye? You know, how, how, you know that accessibility, like people who want to do it, but you know, either by no fault of their own, have, you know, uh, don't have the, I don't know, I don't know if this is correct, they don't have the necessary components to to really enjoy it like everybody else you know how do you think will we'll, that will play itself out i'm hopeful that the sdk conti- continues to to offer those things for you know color blindness and and kind of i, I think the stereo one is a, is a challenge you know it, it is a medium of of stereo but but i think that there's some things that, that can can be done there um and and i know that uh, you know there there's some there's even kind of prototypes that, that we can play with now for in terms of, of colorblindness that, that we can integrate. Um, but I, I think for me, the, the interesting part is like, like going, taking that idea and like multiplying it. And like, what if, what about people who, who don't have, you know, who, who may have been through an accident or may have lost a limb and, and, and that idea of like, how, how do we make people who feel like they are, um, you know, who, who, who may not have the ability to do kind of traditional computer-based stuff, how do we give them the, the uh, potential to just kind of not have to think about that stuff I anymore? Like that. And, like, worry, uh, you know, worry about getting things done versus that. And, I, and I'm hopeful that the control answer will do that. You know, I, I, it, it's, it's a challenge because in the past controls were just like, oh, we have a new form-molded controller. And, and so not only does Oculus have to, like, reinvent the wheel in terms of VR technology, they have to reinvent the wheel in terms of human computer interaction too. Mm-hmm. And, um, but my hope is that, that it, it's open enough to allow people to put a headset on. And, and if, you know, if I've lost my arm, I have the ability to still use, you know, that in a way that, that makes me feel able. Yeah. That is, that's a very, that's a very, very good um, viewpoint to, to look at. I think, you know, and that reminds me of a, um, of a story I heard on a TED talk where there was a man, 61-year-old man, who uh, I think suffered an accident and he ended up in a comatose state and he couldn't, he couldn't speak, he couldn't move uh, from his, you know, neck down and he, the only way he was able to communicate was with his eyes. Um, wow. And he would, and so the doctor created this system where he would. He, when where, where the patient would utilize his eyes or something to like scan for letters and it would take him like you know 38 minutes to like put together a sentence and oh, it was yeah. it was incredibly slow and so i you know you're 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 talking about these things and i'm wondering like whoa when will eye tracking be included in vr when can so that this man can have a an HMD and he can co- communicate through the HMD because it'll have eye tracking and eye tracking and he'll be able to pick out letters even faster and you know like that that sort of stuff is would be amazing you know and and the other thing you you're 100% right and and I think the other thing part of that and we've been thinking a lot about this is 
both for the, the senior care and for kind of when you're hospitalized long term, you know, you may be in that, you know, in that example, that person may not have a chance to get out very much. So not only do they have the chance to communicate, which their current offering provides them, but they have the ability to not be in a bed in or staring at a window. Mm-hmm. And I think the value from a from an emotional uh, standpoint and mental standpoint is just so much different. It's like, well, they have to wear a headset. Yeah, they do. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> like they can go anywhere and they can not be here while doing a better job in, you know, as long as the eye tracking works of, of communicating. It's, it's cool. It's, it, it gives me so much hope. Like, and, and I think that's the thing for me is like, I think I feel like every medium has strengths and weaknesses. And I was, I'm, I spent 10 years as a comic artist and I still, still do that. And there's, I was always thinking about how comics are like a mixture of like poems and plays and I feel like 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 VR has the potential to be like the biggest medium for empathy that's ever existed. If if I didn't, you know, for for that person who who may not have the ability to move, I, I you know I could experience what that's like to some degree and at least start to understand how the world is. And and that if I can't, you know, if if that doesn't change me as a person. I'd be amazed, um, and I'm I'm hopeful that's where we get to your, to your point. Like I I don't I want to experience like I want to go back in the '60s and experience what it would be like to be part of you know some of these you know the race riots and horrible things that happen and be on one side and and see this is what our America's past is and 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 and, and I think that's I'm so hopeful and excited about that where it could be a platform of empathy. Yeah, and not only empathy, but I think it would be a place for us to experience the truth. Uh, because here's the thing, like I, I feel like uh, you know there I, there will be people who will say eventually, oh, this is just your escapism, you're expe- escaping from reality, you're escaping from the truth. Far from it. We could utilize this tool to, you know, to enhance our view of reality. And by that, I would say. <sighs> You know, just how we are able to read books about people being lynched in the South or exactly. slavery. You know, I think I think we need to I, I think we need to cre- recreate those things so that people can witness, though, if they choose to, to witness those things so they can witness the Holocaust. Because the problem with history is that we don't really learn our lessons. <laughs> and uh, and so and, and so, I, you know, every you know, like every generation that goes by, I feel like we're getting closer and closer to World War Three because we're forgetting how fucking horrifying World War Two was. And so, yeah. I feel like we we need something that will keep us grounded, and and keep us, you know, uh, in with per, with the perspective that we as a species have come along very very far, and would be it would be a huge waste if we just destroyed each other you know and we came this far along so you nailed it exactly i yeah i i you know i i think this might be controversial but like i think it is necessary i think it's necessary to create these things um i don't know we'll we'll see i and i don't know if they'll make money either but it'll definitely (laughs) (laughs) raise some attention i get some attention um you know just bringing things down to a close you know how what is the ultimate Endgame for this technology. You know, when I ask you about what's after the smartphone, what do you think is after VR, or what do you think VR will end up looking like? You know, fifteen, twenty years from now. Yeah, 
I, I, th- I think it's I think it's anybody's guess, but I, I, I'd be surprised if VR and AR and you know wearables kind of all merged into something that is a little, little bit more seamless. And so at any one point, you know, I can can transition from from one to the other, and things like you know what biofeedback are you going to provide is, is no longer a question because it's automatically kind of part of part of my life to a certain degree. And I can just with, with, you know, transparent visor, I can flip a switch and now I'm in, in virtual reality. I would love that to, to be the case. Um, I, you know, I, I'd imagine that's probably very, very far off, but, mm-hmm. um, but, I, but I see, I see that's kind of the, the ultimate, at least for me, the ultimate end for, for some of that. Sweet. Josh Marcus, you have been a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. I really like to thank you for your time. And I like to, you know, just I want, I'm wondering, you know, is there a place where people can follow what you're up to, support what you're doing and, and all that good stuff? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. This has been a blast. This this is such a fun conversation. Yes. Um, and, yeah, feel free to, to check out my uh, uh, actually Twitter uh, at Cubicle Ninjas and at Joshua Farkas. And then we are also CubicleNinjas.com and Guided Meditation VR if you're interested in the, uh, the DK2 demo. Nice. Uh, yeah, Josh, thank you again. It was awesome. Oh, no, this is my pleasure. Thank you so much.